to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. And Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Good evening and welcome to my home live in Houston, Texas, the most awesome city in the world. And we just want to welcome you to Breaking the Silence. Uh, I'm Greg. Uh, Dr. Williams, you can just call me Greg, though. Uh, Just don't call me late for dinner and we'll be fine. And uh, it's going to be an awesome night tonight. We have two great guests that are just going to uh, give us some great wisdom, some great passion for what they have a mission to do in their lives and maybe for the rest of their lives. And there are people and individuals that have served our country. And that, to me, is what it's all about. If you want to get involved uh, in the conversation with uh, the guest tonight, if you have a comment, there's two different ways you can do it. You have a question or comment, you want to talk live to them, you're welcome to. All you have to do is call in 888-627-6008. And the awesome people at BBS Radio Station will pick up the phone with a radio voice. And we'll patch you right on through uh, to us live tonight. Or you can also, uh, my son Curtis uh, in the Army up in Seattle, Washington, right now is running the Facebook page. And the Facebook page is uh, Shattered by the Darkness. And we're live on there. I'm looking at it at the screen right over here. You can comment on there. We have several comments already. Comment on there. You patch a question through there, too. And uh, we will connect up and bring it on. And maybe in the last segment, Curtis can even come online and uh, ask the question himself, or maybe he has one, him being in the military. Uh, As we look at this week, uh, I'm looking kind of behind me. There's not too much activity going on. Well, it looks like there's an ambulance going through the medical center here at uh, uh, Houston, Texas. But, uh, you know, it seems like when things happen to me during the week or I start sitting down and I think about what's going on in my life, I always like to just share with you uh, a couple minutes, because we have such great guests tonight. I don't want to take up their time, too. But I wonder what your opinion is, and maybe this is something you need as we still are thinking about a new year. Sometimes it's a good time to evaluate what happened last year and what we're trying to do different as we go into a new year. And one thing that I love about our guests tonight is they are creating and cultivating and developing new friendship and friendships with people around the country and around the world um, are maybe easy to find on LinkedIn or Facebook and all that, although I really don't do much of that. But real, true friends in life are hard to find. And if I probably had to count all my really 
true, genuine, authentic friends, it probably wouldn't fill this hand right here. Uh, and through life and through a, the life of abuse that I've had, it's important to have a couple friends at least. You know, it seems like uh, the older I get, the more I realize it's less important to have more friends and more important to have a few real friends. And you can throw a party at the house. If I throw a party at the house and have everybody come in, just invite everybody and know and just fill this place up, there'll be a whole bunch of people, maybe, maybe 50, 100 people that will come in and eat the food, dance to the music, laugh and joke a little bit, and then they're going to end up going away. But there'll only be a few people that stay and help clean up the mess. And folks, those are the ones that are the real friends. Those ones that stay behind, roll up their sleeves, take off their coat or their jacket and say, hey, need some help? And every now and then, I need somebody to help me clean up my mess. How about you? How about one of those times that you just need somebody to sit down and not necessarily give you advice, but just listen to you, care about you? A two o'clock in the morning phone call when most people say, do you know what time it is? Push those friends to the side. The ones that say, hey, yeah, it's true. What, what do you need? How can I help you? Talk. I'm here for you 24-7. A couple of traits I just want to share with you tonight. What real friendship and traits of real friendship, what they are, is one, real friends face problems together. They're the ones that somehow sees the pain in your eyes while everybody still believes the smile on your face. Okay, well, let me repeat that. Real friends are the ones that can see the pain in your eyes, while the fake friends are the ones that believe the smile on your face. That's a huge, huge difference. Don't look for someone to solve your problem. Look for someone that will face those problems with you. Our guests tonight are perfect examples of that. They're going to face the problems with these folks that they're trying to help. And they want to reach down and grab your hand and go hand in hand and go right back into battle and combat for these folks that need the help. Real friends are the ones that lift you up when everyone else doesn't even notice that you've fallen down. Take that into account. Another one. Real friends are the ones that when they can, they will give because they truly care. One of the biggest challenges in life comes from the fact that many of us enter in friendships in and out in order to get something. We try to find someone who's going to make us feel good. In reality, the only way to get a relationship to last and gives us joy in long term is if we see our relationship as a place we've got to give and not a place to go just to take. And in life, we never lose friends. We only learn in reality who the true friends really are. I'm going to talk about friendship in the next couple of weeks, but I think that's just a couple of things that, that I'm learning in life. And uh, the older I get and the age I'm getting, or shooting from years old, uh, I'm not going to tell you. But as I get older, I realize what 
authentic, genuine, real friends are. And if you have one, before you go to bed tonight, don't text them. Don't post it on Facebook. Hey, you're the best friend ever. Why don't you call them and let them hear it straight from you? Because let me tell you, the ones that post that on Facebook aren't really just after that one friend's uh, smile. They're after everybody else going, oh, like, 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 oh, great job telling. You know, there's people that get on Facebook and tell their sons or their daughters, hey, I love you. No, and thanks for playing. That's not the way to communicate with your children. The way to communicate with them is go into the next room and look into their eyes right before they go to sleep and say, hey, before you go to bed tonight, I love you. And look at them and tell them that. Don't post it so everybody else in the world can hear all your junk and all your stuff to them so you get accolades. That is giving something so you receive something in return. That's not what love is all about. Love's about giving. And this world needs more about unconditional love between friends, between people that's on our teams at work, between people that you're in serious, intimate relationships with unconditional love. Let's make it happen. And we'll talk more about it in the next couple of weeks. Tell you what, got a couple of friends tonight, new friends for me, and we're going to tell you all about how we met. But I think this is really going to be an awesome relationship I have with these two men. And I don't believe I know in all of my life anyone that I have ever talked to in the state of Montana. I don't think I have a friend in Montana. So I have two new friends in Montana, and we have Gavin Gavin and Gabe Erickson. Uh, and you see, Gavin is an 18-year active duty Army veteran and is currently a first sergeant in Montana. And he has a huge heart for veterans. And I want you to hear what they're doing for the veterans and their families. And they started this organization called Warrior Transition Outdoors to take care of the people as a transition from military into civilian life. And his awesome brother, Gabe, is involved in journalism, news, nonprofit, entrepreneurship, sales. And he has a heart along with Gabe to learn more about how to create an environment of depths to be able to help these families, not just the veterans, but their families and help them, those that have fought for us and kept us free. So I want to hear all about their hearts, their passions, and this awesome organization. Welcome to the program, Gavin and Gabe Erickson. Can you hear me, guys? We got okay. you. There you are. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, it's awesome to have you. So tell me, what are you guys all up to? How did we meet? How in the world are you getting people involved and know about the organization? And we're just going to start the ball rolling. And I have a feeling this is going to snowball all the way through the hour. But just tell me what your heart's all about. And I would like the world to know how we even came in touch because it tells a little bit about how you guys are wired and who you're following in your own personal life. Sure. Yeah. Um, so LinkedIn is a wonderful place. Uh, the internet is a wonderful place. I'm Gavin, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but Gabe and I feel like social media is just done all wrong sometimes. And you talked a lot about that, you know, that, that connection that's built between parents and their children and 
and and friendship circles and all that and and the value of hearing someone's voice telling you happy birthday <clears throat> you know versus a text um and so um we value that that in person personal connection and um when we reached out to you on linkedin we didn't want to just chat with you via text you know we wanted to get you on a phone call and see your face and Look at your mannerisms, and and so you could see ours and tell that we're genuine as well. Um, because it, it it I feel like it's less and less these days that you can just tell people are genuine. You know, I tell you, when I was I think I was driving the car, and uh, the little message binged on my phone that you get a message from LinkedIn. It's like well, I don't get messages from LinkedIn, but okay, so I hit it, and it was y'all, and they said, "Hey, you just want to talk," and I said, "Hey, let me get home." And I turned around, rushed home, opened up my computer and said, hey, and we talked for what, an hour? I don't know how long we talked, but it was a great conversation. And I literally fell in love with what you're doing. So uh, tell me a little bit about who each of you are and this mission, this passion that you have in life right now. Sure. Uh, So like you said, I'm active duty. I've been in for 18 years in the Army. And thank you Um, for that. Oh, hey, it's my pleasure. Um, the first eight years of that were in the infantry. I deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, while we were in Afghanistan, some of my friends started transitioning out while we were in country and kind of got the play-by-play throughout the duration of the deployment on how they were doing. And they were really struggling. A lot of veterans struggle with that transition. Um, and so some of us, a handful of us, while we were over in Afghanistan, just thought to ourselves, like, how could we help veterans in that transition? How could we how can we affect that? Um, and so what we knew at the time and what we were passionate about was the outdoors. So when we got back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, um, we formed an organization and got a 501c3. And shortly after that, we all got orders <laughs> to, to go kind of everywhere else in the country. So it wasn't really feasible to have a nonprofit anymore. And I thank God for that every day because my orders were into recruiting. And uh, two years into recruiting, I was kind of complaining, which I I felt was a transition in and of itself. Um, I was kind of complaining about some of the things I was going to to a friend of mine who had just finished her clinical psychology program in the United States Navy. And she was telling me that some of her colleagues moonlit in the community to help veterans with that type of stuff. And that really sunk into me, Greg, because what I wanted to do, take vets on hunting, fishing, camping trips, seemed very much like a Band-Aid to a gaping wound of a problem. Mm. And what she was talking about was long-term care. Um, and so I kind of just committed to myself then that when I retired, I was going to start a nonprofit that took a holistic approach at long-term care and support for veter- not only veterans, but veterans and their families. Um, and so I kind of recruited all over the country and, uh, got the, I won the lottery of assignments and ended up in Montana. It's beautiful in Montana. I invited Gabe out to visit me. He, uh, he walked in the door. He said, bro, it's beautiful here. I'm moving. I said, well, I got a spare bedroom, so you're welcome. And, uh, and that's kind of where my story ends and his story begins, um, as far as the nonprofit world in Montana. So I'll let you go and peace. It's it's fun. You look back at life and here in the moment, you don't get to see it until the future. You you, you see how things kind of come together. Right. And so we were on these parallel paths. It felt parallel, but it was actually like slowly converging. But my background is journalism. So I was a news anchor and reporter for several years back in the day. I love 
I never loved like meeting the presidents or your presidential. I, I met all those people, but I loved the the people, the humans that had like really powerful stories going on, the everyday folks. Um, so I, I got out of that and went into the nonprofit sphere as a communications director. I started my own business after that, doing brand storytelling and marketing. And then, as you mentioned earlier, I got into professional sales. When I moved out to Montana, um, I got lucky, I thought, to get this job as the executive director. All that experience was leading up to kind of being able to be the executive director of a veterans nonprofit. Not this one, but a different one. And we were going to start this two years from now when he retired. Um, and so I thought, what a great chance to kind of get this nonprofit uh, to the next level. It was kind of like floundering a little bit that I was told. And what really kind of... After three weeks, Greg, I, I resigned. <laughs> wow. And yep, I I wrote this three-page long resignation letter to talk to them about um, all the things that weren't adding up. And and the 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 thing that helped me understand where they actually were was their tax return. And so I was working on their tax return, and I learned how much, Greg, if you're donating to a cause, percentage-wise, how much are you hoping goes toward the veteran and their family? Oh, ninety percent. 90%. Well, this was 5%. <laughs> yep. Something wrong with that picture. Yeah, yeah. So he, big time. And so in my letter, I just said, like, you can't say that you support veterans if you aren't doing it. And that we've seen that over and over in the, the veteran spaces, there's a lot of predatory stuff going on out there. And so you know, we looked at each other, we felt like that kind of sick to your stomach kind of calling, though, like, it wasn't just like, just being frustrated. It was like a deep calling that we knew that we had to start this now. So. Yeah. Back so, in, back in 2018, um, Gabe and I had a, a few experiences where we just started listening to our hearts more and, and, and listening to God's voice more. And um, that's when God kind of told us like, Hey, you're not waiting to years. You're not waiting two years. You, you guys are starting this now. And, uh, and, and so we started warrior transition outdoors uh, third week in November and within a week, we had 26 people that wanted to be on our staff. And we had reached out to folks on LinkedIn and created connections. And, and we had uh, an advisory board formed to help veterans and their families um, on the mental health side of things and holistic healing and, and just all these amazing people across the country um, answered that same message, not the same one clearly, but answered a message on LinkedIn, jumped on a video call, heard our story and said, yeah, I, I want to be a part of this. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just been a wild ride and it's been awesome. So what is happening when a military, uh, veteran, let's say retires out, uh, like you in two years, what kind of support do you get from our country? from the things that the, the military provides to the retired soldier that's transitioning out? What kind of support is there, if any? Yeah, no, there's um, something like $300 million spent on, uh, we call it Transition Assistance Program or TAP program. A TAP, it's a process that's supposed to be a year long. Um, whether or not soldiers take advantage of that or do that or or that's uh, presented as a as a thing, like if you're in the infantry, hey, you need to go to your TAP process, or you're working in the field until the day you get out. I've seen kind of both of those angles taken. Um, so not everybody is afforded the same amount of time, even though they are supposed to be afforded the same amount of time. Um, and every branch even uh, looks a little bit different than the next. Um, 
But all of that is pre-DD214 or pre-exit paperwork. Um, and Gabe and I have really struggled to find uh, documents or paperwork or anything highlighting Congress funding to after DD214 minus like the VA stuff. So it's really heavily on the VA and local nonprofit organizations to kind of carry that burden of transition after a veteran gets out. What's the biggest? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you, you kind of, um, like my experience with the nonprofit, you learn where people's hearts are at with how they spend their money. And so when you look at the macro scale here, um, the most of the focus on veterans is mental health and even, I would say, suicide prevention. But that is, that's like, as Gavin always says all the time, like, that's the last second you can help someone. You talk about the 2 a.m. phone calls. We're way beyond someone answering a call at that point, and we're throwing billions of dollars toward that. Um, when there's really not, we, if we just helped them transition, we would avoid a lot of the mental health stuff. So, um, that's, so you think, so you think the lack of quality transition resources causes the alarm on the far end of it with, Hey, they have no hope. They don't know where to turn. Uh, and it, basically puts fuel on the fire instead of saying, Hey, let us help you early in the stage to prevent you ever needing to get to that point. Yeah. Um, it's been described uh, by a lot of veterans, both uh, people that we've connected to here recently and, and people I've known my, my entire career, just as like, a, once you get that paperwork, you you kind of feel like you're floating um, into, into nothingness, right? Um, you don't want to deal with the VA because that process is sometimes very lengthy and feels like you're kind of trying, you know, moving through mud with bare feet. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, things happen during the transition that cause veterans to like be hopeless, you know, sometimes and, and, you know, finances, um, stuff happens with their relationships, just a complete loss of identity. I've, I've been doing this for 18 years. And I'm not going to lie, my entire identity is wrapped up in this. I joined in high school and I've done nothing else since. And so there is that, um, who am I outside of the uniform? And um, there are a lot of, luckily there are some great, like there are a ton of great Americans who are standing up different adventures for veterans to try to do things. But right now there's nobody taking like a lifelong approach to this, like a, a tailored lifelong approach to family advocacy, which is essentially what our organization is doing. Um, yeah. So are we causing more harm to the wound uh, by just saying, hey, thank you. See you later. And we'll send you the check in the mail every month that you earned in your retirement. But um, to be able to help them, because if your identity is from high school to retirement, what do you look forward to the next day when you get up? Is I, I can't even fathom. Everything's built on what you've known all your life. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're. I wouldn't say it's advertent or, or malicious, but I think that um, the system has created a narrative of what a veteran looks like in the civilian world. Veterans are broken. Veterans are suicidal. Veterans are alcoholics. They beat their spouses. They are missing limbs. They're disabled. And while some of those things are true about some veterans, that doesn't define us as who we are. And I, I have disabled veteran friends that if you were like, you're, you know, you're disabled, they'd be like, screw you, bud. I can do what you do better than you do it, you know? Um, 
And, and, but we are fighting that narrative. And I think that's what's detrimental to veterans outside in the civilian world. Um, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of companies, a lot of individuals that have stepped up and started nonprofits or changed their hiring procedures to, you know, to kind of help veterans out. But, um, I think a lot of veterans would argue like we don't, it's not that we don't need or want help. It's just that we are people at our core. Right. And the issues that we have, the, the, the majority of America also has, and it doesn't define us. And that, but we're fighting that narrative as if they, if it does define us. Wow. Uh, Gabe, when you came into this and learned more about it, what was it from your perspective of being in the civilian world and being in the news uh, broadcasting uh, sector? When you came in and you looked at this kind of now behind closed doors, did it shock you? Does, does Americans, does people like me, do we even realize what kind of issue this even is? Is this an unknown? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's behind the veil right now. And until the veil is lifted, you can't know better. You know, we don't fault people. And we say all the time, like, if you don't know, we don't like fault, fault people right. for not understanding and knowing. Um, but we do want to help you like lift the veil a little bit if we can, you know, as a civilian, especially coming from the news background, reporting on that kind of stuff all the time, definitely ingrained in my mind. Like when I think veteran at the time, I was just thinking like gunfights and all the videos you see in the news. Uh, meanwhile, my brother, I grew up, we grew up so close that I took for granted the fact that we had a friendship and relationship. And I kind of like let that slip. And so I didn't even realize what he was going through. Cause I wasn't like, actively engaged I didn't, I didn't like realize just what he was going through and so i just took it for granted like he's doing his thing i'm doing mine we're brothers we're all good you know um but when i had my epiphany uh this was pre-2018 was a few years before that even i just had this epiphany where he was like do you he kind of challenged me he's like do you not understand me man and i i was had to, i just had to start there and saying i guess i don't you know, I guess I really don't. And and the more I listen to him share stories like him and his veteran buddies or they, they, they might not even have served together, but they're always sharing stories. And the more I actively listen, it's easy. I find myself trying to like tune out because I don't relate. But the more I try to just actively listen, even if I don't understand it, it helps me build empathy for the fact that I don't don't understand. And that's OK to say that. Um, and so being that like the, the veteran thing doesn't define him to me. He's my brother. Right. And so just trying to dig deeper than the title and get to know him on a human level every single day, even through this process, I feel like we've grown that much closer every single day. And um, that just comes from like admitting to yourself, you don't, you don't know everything. And then that, that's okay. And, and asking the question, kind of breaking the silence, you know, like let's talk about this, you know? So what is it that you and I, because I know I don't, if you didn't understand, I know I don't, that we were missing. What what link are we not understanding in this So issue? from my perspective, I'd be curious to hear from his perspective, but yeah, yeah. I, I get, I'm good at visual visualization. And so I, I think if you're empathetic, you put yourself in someone's shoes. And if I, if Greg, if you could put yourself in the shoes as a veteran, but you know, as best you can, and let's say you walk into like a crowded coffee shop, and everyone in there is looking at you thinking if they knew you were a veteran, their, their mind sees like everything Gavin said, disabled or, you know, probably struggling with mental health 
or uh, I put it out there on LinkedIn and asked what are some other common misconceptions that, you know, a woman will say, hey, is there a veteran discount? And the employee will say to the her husband, yeah, I've got one for you, bud, when she's the veteran, you know, so a lot of just misperc- like misconceptions and, and um, lack of understanding, I think, kind of puts you anytime you're trying to like be yourself and people don't take the time to understand you, that's really frustrating. You know, I know from your book, you know, it must have been tough, like coming out with your story and and having people not understand it, even though they read the book or, or, you know, so I think it's just that empathy piece of looking past the the label of veteran, even though we're talking about veterans and, and seeing the human behind that and then meeting them on a personal level, not a programmatic level or institutional level. That's one of the issues, too. But meeting them on a human level to say, hey, I'm right here with you. Do you think there's just a stigma uh, that our our country has to veterans and that they do look at them differently than what, you know, when I see a veteran, I walk across a restaurant or walk across Walmart or whatever and say, thank you for serving. Uh, when I see somebody in a military uniform or uh, a veteran hat or uh, because my two boys uh, are, have done that and I'm still doing that, but. So you think there's a stigma that needs to be changed? I, I I think some would also agree that that there is a stigma out there that exists. There's a current narrative that exists. Um, and when we talk about like it being systematic, so Congress spent one point one billion dollars on veterans veteran suicide last year. Um, one point one billion dollars towards the end of something, right? And less than 400 million on the transition process before the exit paperwork. So if they would slide half of that $1.1 billion towards the transition problem, then there would be less people with, you know, issues in the transition and way less veteran suicide. And that's not to mention just the national suicide level is way higher than the veteran suicide level is anyways. Tell you what, we're going to take our only commercial break tonight at 888-627-6008. If you want to get involved, I'm looking here and seeing what kind of comments we have on uh, our, our Facebook page. And it looks like it's going good. If you want to get involved in the conversation, join us. We'll be right back. And on the other side of this break, I really want to find out, okay, you've talked about what they were doing wrong. Now, what is your organization going to do to fix this and how can we get involved and we're going to talk about that and we're going to drill deep into that subject on the other side of this break hang with us we'll be right back from hci publishing that brought you the international bestsellers a Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book, that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores 
Amazon, and Books a Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. We have our guests tonight all the way from the great state of Montana, Gavin and Gabe Erickson, and they are with the Warrior Transition Outdoors organization and helping veterans and their families. And um, I'll throw out the number, 888-627-6008 if you want to get involved. Um, what do you see, uh, Gabe or Gavin, either one or both of you, that you want this to, this organization to be different than all the others, and when it gets to that ideal status, what do you want it to look like uh, and how it affects the families? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be an organization that we have, a, what we have right now is, is a scalable model across the country, and uh, ideally we'd be getting to veterans before they transitioned out of service, like pre-exit paperwork, um, so that they did so that they had a place to land when that paperwork came and their day was done. Um, it's going to take a lot of work to get there because right now we, we know people and I've talked to people that are 11, 12 years post exiting the service and considered themselves in transition. So there's a lot of work to be to be done. But, you know, we want to be able to get it to a point. We want to shorten that gap down to the point where right at the exit paperwork, they already have a family to land into. Okay, when you explain that to me, land into, are you looking for a connection that they have online via phone, live in person? Uh, what are you looking for places like uh, an organization here that is a branch of yours for those that come out and live in the Texas area, southern Texas? Or what's what's that look like in, in your world? Yeah, so essentially, um, I'd like to have family advocacy teams in every state across the nation. Uh, we already have, we're already building one down in Dallas. Um, but I would like to have one in every state across the nation so that people have like, like a localized place to go. And, um, our, our organization would be there for them long-term, not just for a turkey hunt or not just for an elk hunt, but, but taking care of their family, um, lo- longer term without getting into what we do, um, yet. Yeah. So, for instance, if I was one of those, and I didn't serve my country, but if if I was one of those that just got uh, retired out or transitioning out, I could come back to Houston and I would have a resource or a person to be able to connect with. If that happens to be Gabe, I can call Gabe and say, hey, Gabe, I I messed up here. I, I don't know what, how do I, how do I handle this? What, or just somebody to listen to me? Or will you help with specific problems? for me and my family. Yeah. So part of, uh, so if you picture three concentric circles, the inner circle for us is family advocacy. And um, we are attaching a family advocate to every veteran in their family when they come in through the, through into warrior transition outdoors. And um, each one of those advocates has their own personal um, saturation saturation point, if you will. And so uh, Tara, who is our first um, civilian connection specialist, she might come to us and say, hey, I'm on my 15th family. If I take a 16th, something's going to fall through the cracks. 
So we say, okay, Tara, that's your 15 families for your career, right? Um, if later on down the road, you feel like you can take on another one, cool, right? But essentially, we don't want, we want to be intentional here. Um, that person is there to help that family fill gaps, whether that's with resources internal to WTO or external to the community. Um, that's their job. Um, we also have military connection specialists that are dedicated to the veteran, very veteran centric, helping them navigate the VA, helping them uh, with their out processing procedures, um, retirement points, uh, ETS, stuff like that, um, helping veterans understand and use the benefits they earned while they were in. So, again, very veteran centric. And then um, we have just really good people that have social work backgrounds that um, go into the into like an in-person visit with a veteran and their civilian connection specialist and are looking through that lens and then can report what they see on all those different levels that is that are that social workers understand. And then they can report that to our advisory board. Um, we have an amazing advisory board right now made up of professionals across the country that are trauma based counselors, um, addiction based counselors, um, female health and wellness counselors, family counselors, children's counselors, just an amazing group of like psychiatrists, psychologists, like people from that mental health background. Um, and so we're able to kind of paint a picture of what's going on in the home to our advisory board and our advisory board will weigh in on their professional opinions on what these family members should be doing moving forward. And then we package that and deliver it to the family and say, here is the opinions of several very well-known professionals. You know, are you willing to do this? Cause you, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But I think messaging and packaging is a lot to do with that. And if you say, Hey, these, these are people that just love and care about you. They have nothing to gain from it. And they think you should do X, Y, Z. And uh, we are here to help you do X, Y, Z, not go find X, Y, Z. We will help you do X, Y, Z. We will find these resources for you. We will come up with these plans for you. Um, and, and we hope to do that on a scale across the country for every veteran and their family. Um, that would be the ultimate goal. You Dude, talked man, earlier. Um, go ahead, Dick. I'll say you talked earlier about unconditional love. Yes. And internal, what you're not seeing is culture, right? Like you can't see culture unless you're part of it. Um, but our culture is surround that that is our culture is family. We say that all the time. We are family and everyone who comes into our family is a family member. We're not calling them clients or patients or, you know, we don't case manage anyone. You are a member of our family and that is what we call you. And we want to show you unconditional love. So Every whether it's me as the CEO or Tara as the uh, civilian connection specialist, being the her whole job is advocacy. Everyone is there to support everyone that comes to that organization. So that it's it, we're professional lovers of people, is what I tell Tara. Be a professional mm-hmm. lover of people. You know, we all know how good it feels when one friend offers the uh, you know like a slot on a radio show. It's like, wow, you did not have to do that. Imagine someone advocating for you all the time about everything in your life. Not just employment and mental health, which is what people tend to think of when they think transition, but everything to create positive momentum. And that is such a great thing that you're not looking at just a couple pieces of the pie. You're looking at the whole life. And I love that you incorporate the family and the, and the children. And, and obviously, I think spouses are probably maybe overlooked more than anyone in this transition uh, period, uh, even when they're like uh, Gavin, when uh you know, if, if I don't know if you're married or not, but if you were going over to do a uh, stint in Afghanistan or something, what those wives 
or the spouses, even if the female is uh, in the military, and what they had to deal with being home, what they need help. Uh, oh, yeah. The entire weight is on their shoulders when you're gone, you know, um, of, of, you know, running the finances, being themselves stable, being there for their, their children by themselves, you know, like it, it's, there's a lot of weight that goes to that. And I, and I think any veteran would pop on the net right now and say, you know, when I left, probably my spouse was super overlooked in this process. Wow. Now, you you mentioned that you have all these different advocates and professionals that are helping uh, the veterans and their families, and you're wanting some in almost every state, uh, that there's people that want to be helped. Um, what can people do? Are you looking for people that are have military experience or people that just have big hearts? So for the, uh, for the civilian connection specialist kind of role, those are just people with big hearts and are fierce advocates, um, believe in the mission, uh, have the same hearts that Gabe and I have towards, you know, the mission and veterans and their families, um, for the military connection specialists, we're hoping those individuals are serving in the active or in the reserves or the national guard or have served at some point. Uh, because they understand that process, they speak that language, um, and because that's a very veteran-centric role. And then for our uh, observation specialists, is what we're calling them. We would like we would like those people to have a social work background um, and understand the different levels that social workers look look through and what those lenses are. So when they're getting the call uh, that they need help with uh, PTSD or some other issue, that they are professional counselors or social workers that can actually tap into their experience and their education to be able to help them, right? Yeah. And and when they're doing, when we do our in-person visits, it's not anything formal. Um, they're not in there making veterans and their families sign forms and fill out all this paperwork. They're just looking and observing through each of their perspective lenses and then leaving and, and listening, right? Like it's hard to write and listen at the same time. And so they're just observing like, are the, are their clothes everywhere? Are there dishes in this sink? Do we need a, a a service to help with that? Does the child need speech pathology and isn't receiving that right now? Just all the different layers that are involved in that process. And then leaving that in-person visit and just, you know, typing up a quick thing for our advisory board. It says, this is what I saw in the home, you know, go, right? And our advisory board members are like chomping at the bit to to receive those and weigh in so they can provide that that professional advice to our family members. That's great. You, you guys are going to beyond uh, the surface, which I love. You're going down several layers deep into these families' lives, which is exactly how you fix a problem. And I, I love that, you know, when you go to a doctor, most of the time, they, hey, just tell me what's wrong and I'll give you a pill and you get over it. But you guys are saying, hey, let us see you. How you doing? What can I do to help? I'm here. And whatever it is, you'll try to get somebody there on the team that can help them through that. That is awesome. So what is your biggest need uh, right now? How can our country and the people that's listening, and they're listening all the way around the world tonight, matter of fact, but how can our listeners roll up their sleeves and get involved if they're if you're strumming their heartstrings tonight? Yeah, so that's been tough because um, we we follow our hearts, like we told you in the beginning. Yeah, and uh, we're to, when we're about narratives and we're talking about unconditional love, 
the first thing we get when we say we have a nonprofit is walls go up. What are you going to ask me for? And we're just telling people like we don't have an ask. We're calling ourselves an anti-nonprofit nonprofit, right? Um, we're doing things differently. And so we, those of you who are listening, I'll just say, just tap into your heart and whatever your heart tells you to do. If your heart tells you not to support us financially, but maybe you have a connection that would like to be involved, then awesome. You know, I, I feel very much that if God told you to put a dollar in my pocket, you would do that. And I would accept that. But if God told you not to put a dollar in my pocket and you wanted to put that dollar in my pocket, I would not accept that dollar because I don't want that dollar in my pocket. I want that dollar where God wants that dollar. So I would just say, just tap into your heart and and follow that, whatever it may be. Um, Because we're being very intentional about the things that we're doing. You know, Montana has the highest veterans rate uh, in the country per capita. Billings has uh, 101,000 people in it and 13,000 of them or so are veterans. And there's not a veteran facility. There's a VA, but there's not like a facility veterans can go to. And, and you know, we Gabe and I would love to build a lodge for veterans to come and work out in for free with a wing that has that's VA accredited, that has holistic health, you know, properties and, and uh, a Reiki person and a massage person and a clinical psychologist and a therapist and a family therapist, you know, offices for those so that veterans don't have to navigate the VA. They can just come and do that with us. Um, so we would love to be able to to have like a facility like that. Um, you know, and sometimes the, the, the thing is, God might tell you to put a dollar in our pocket. And again, we would love that as well. But just tapping into your heart and 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 following that is is what we're really encouraging people to do. Am I off there? No, not at all. I mean, so at the end of the day, we talk to God about everything. And God is telling us to do this, but even this organization doesn't define us. And um, so uh, my my heart's mission as just talk as a lover of people is to tap into your heart no matter what, especially with your audience talking about what they've all been through, the way toward healing. If if they get healing out of this, and you talk about friendship, and they don't, we're not taking anything from them. We want to give love, and so hopefully they're just getting love and healing in their hearts. You know, we don't have an ask for that very reason because we don't want to take away from the purity of what they might be experiencing. Now, if in that purity, God tell like they feel in their heart, the universe, whatever you want to call it, they hear that they should do something, then by all means. But our first goal is always that people are just listening to their heart and that we just trust the outcome from there. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I I have met people that I thought had huge hearts, but I don't know if I've met two men uh, that have the same last name and definitely from the state of Montana that has bigger hearts than you guys. And uh, what you're doing for these veterans uh, and their families is absolutely awesome. If people want to get involved and know more about what you're doing, What's the best way for them to hop online and find out more about you? Because I want to make sure they get their pencil out and write this uh, website down. Yeah, so our website is just warriortransitionoutdoors.org. Warriortransitionoutdoors.com. .org. .org. Okay, .org. Warriortransitionoutdoors.org. And if they want to contact you, they can go right through that, too. Yep. Gabe's personal cell is <laughs> personal cell is right there. So we value connections and relationships. And uh, so, you know, our personal cells are out there um, on our business cards, on our cards, because uh, our personal cells are on those two. And I, I like you say, I will take a 2 a.m. call, even if it's just to talk about what someone's going through. 
I do that too. Matter of fact, at the beginning of the program, at the end of the program, my cell phone numbers broadcast all around the world and I answer every one of them too. I love that. That's yeah. that's how you can tell if people are real or not. Sorry, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, call, I'll call you back Monday, possibly, if I get around to it. That's not the way. When people need you, they need you right now. And that's what true friends no, do. No. Yeah. No. Anything in the last minute or two that we have, uh, Gabe or Gavin, that you want to share and just make sure that we're catching everything that you guys are passionate about? You want to talk about storytelling? Sure. Yeah. So my background, and it took me a second like to realize that I have a role in this story. We talked earlier about being a civilian, um, but the bridge between military to civilian exists when the civilian side engages <laughs> in the story. And um, and so I, I realized that my background as a journalist is not by uh, chance that that experience as a storyteller is very uh, specific to what God had in store here. So we have uh, a whole arm of what we do. So we're trying to build community in person and, and real relationships. But another way to build community is through stories. I mean, that's how the human race has grown and prospered from the beginning of time was by sharing stories that elevated what we really want to stand for. So that's what we're doing. And I have a creative collective of storytellers from artists to journalists, from videographers to writers to photographers, painters, you name it. So if anyone has any like interest in being part of that, but that creative collective, all we're going to be doing is telling stories. We have a no marketing policy uh, besides cool swag. Like we have a no marketing policy because we don't want to be selling anyone on anything. We want to be telling people about the narrative that we talked about earlier about it's just showcasing the good things about veterans, the the tough things and everything in between. So we're doing a lot of cool storytelling. We have big visions to be on Netflix. We have connections there. So, you know, so there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, feature films, and we're going to be building out a lot of cool things. So that that's another arm of what we're doing. Um, but we're that, we're telling those stories, not to lift our organization up, yeah. but to lift people up, lift people's stories up. Um, and so when Gabe said we're not marketing, you know, everything that we do is, is to lift other people up. Um, and that's that second concentric circle. I, I told you about three concentric circles is community, you know, providing veterans and their families with a community when they leave the community they just left. And then bridging that gap of understanding between the veteran community and the civilian world so that they so that there's a place for everyone to fit in. Right. And then our, our last and our outer circle is um, is the cool stuff, the outdoor adventure. Um, I can't believe we almost forgot, we almost to, forgot to talk about so yeah, so it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, it's right in the name, but it's the last thing in our name for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the thing is, um, you know, back to what I wanted to start earlier to where I am now and that Band-Aid over that gaping wound. Um we, when people come into our organization, they go to the heart of our organization, and that's family advocacy. And maybe you don't need an outdoor trip, bro. Maybe you need to be at home fixing your family situation, getting your finances together, you know, um, just making sure your home is straight, and then we'll take you on an awesome outdoor trip. And so um, people don't just satellite around our organization in that outer circle of outdoor adventure thinking that, oh, it's going to be rainbows and roses. Like we want to get to the heart of, of what you have going on because that's how we can take care of you long term. And that's where our focus is. But we're doing some really cool things in FY23 from the outdoor perspective. Yeah. We're uh, paying for veterans to get their private pilot's licenses and have teamed with 
a couple of different aviation places in Iowa and Montana that were that they want to just help and do really cool stuff. Um, we're taking veterans on elk hunts and backcountry salmon fishing and 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 kind of like everything that you can think of under the sun outdoors. We want to do that too because of the healing nature that the outdoors has. Like that didn't go away. You know, it's just we need to shift the focus to the the holistic picture of healing. And that mainly is family advocacy. And then, yeah, let's go do some really cool things and challenge each other in the mountain, trying to put down an elk with a bow, you know? Um, and so that that is the whole of our organization is those three concentric circles. And Jay, well, that's awesome because I can just see the relationships building while you're out there doing the outdoor part. And they may yeah. just say, hey, I'm just going on a, a great uh, one, two, three, I don't even know how many days they are, but uh, an adventure trip with them. But boy, while you're off doing that, Connections are being made. Friendships are being established. And that makes all the difference. 100%. Fantastic. Tell you what, guys. Thank you. I knew this hour would just fly by. Thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your service. And uh, Gabe and Gavin, both of you have served because you're serving the the, the veterans' families, whether you actually, uh, Gabe, was in the military or not. Uh, now you're reaching out, and that's the way we can do that and help them. And I appreciate your heart so much. Anything we can do, anything you ever, anytime you want to be on here to talk about what you're doing, and you have a new thing you want to get out to the country, let me know. And you're on the next week. I promise. Thank you so thank much. Hey, you, thank you for your heart. I just great to take a second. You. you have the best heart. You have an amazing heart. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> and anything I can do, let me know. And uh, thank you so much. And please get on Warrior Transition Outdoors.org right now and find out more about them. And I promise you, if you hit the contact button and reach out to them, they're going to get back with you pretty darn quick. Uh, open up your hearts to these veterans and their families. They need you. And when we needed them, they were putting their life on the line. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. As we do each and every week, I always like to end the program just with a, a, a quick, uh, hey, don't forget, okay? As you go into next week, no, 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 no. Let's back up. Edit that out. As you look at right now where you're at, if you're hurting, if you're in the darkest night and you don't know if you're ever going to see light again, lean into me right now and look me in the eyes. I want to promise you something. And as surely as I'm sitting here on my piano bench in my house in Houston, Texas, I promise you there's hope. As long as there is still air in your lungs, there's hope. Don't give up on that. And there's people like our guests tonight, the Erickson brothers, that care and love you. There's people like that in your community. There's people, I'll I, I help you. Whatever you need, reach out and get help. You're not alone. And never give up on hope. Never. You're worth it and you're valuable. Thank you for joining us tonight. Join us next week for another edition live right here from Houston, Texas, for another edition of Breaking the Silence. God bless. Have an awesome, awesome week. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 
888-646-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Thank you.